0: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the North Fort Worth podcast. I'm your host, Josh Boyd, and I'm joined, as always, by Pastor Stephen this afternoon. Is it Tuesday? It's Tuesday. Tuesday Is that afternoon time again. It's time for a podcast. Every Tuesday, we gather and we record a podcast just to engage in dialogue with our church and to answer some questions that maybe you submitted, talk about things that are going on in the life of our church, recap the sermon from Sunday, maybe some things that happened since the last time we got to talk. Um, and we're going to start off talking about some things that happened this weekend. We had a really yes, successful too. turnout at Pray and Go this past Saturday.
1: We had an exciting Saturday. And if you listened to our podcast last week, you heard us talk about it, where we're we wanted to mobilize our members out beyond our walls to go up and down the streets of our local neighborhood and to privately pray for the families, the individuals that make up our neighbors. And uh, I'm excited to report we had over 40 participate. Which is what we were praying for. We were, we've been praying for 40. We had been. It's a big deal. Yeah, well, I mean, when David White had uh, tried to organize uh, the streets in a way that we could provide as much prayer support as possible. Uh, the number 40 was the minimum we needed, we thought, to, to really cover the targeted area, and uh, we made the appeal to the church a week ago Sunday, and I, we had, I think, actually 43 on Saturday. And i tell you what, even more, what encouraged me, we not only had adults going out, we had some uh, parents bring their children, and uh, it was just a beautiful yeah. Saturday morning to, to extend God's love, God's hope, uh, as we would lift people up in prayer.
0: Yeah, I know you got to personally walk and pass out some door hangers, I too. Did. And
1: how did, what kind
0: of walk us through that? What was that process well, like Well, again,
1: uh, it wasn't a real formal thing. Uh, when we say it's a pray and go, we, what we were asking people to do was just to privately pray as they walk uh, down a designated street. Uh, again, I did share on Saturday morning for the training. Now, you know, this isn't about praying out loud in some dramatic way as much as it's just privately asking for God to uh, affect the hearts and lives of those that are living within the homes that we're walking by. And and we had prepared, in fact, Josh, you prepared a door hanger that we could place on uh, each of the doors that, in a thoughtful way, just informed them that someone had been praying for their neighborhood. And as I, as I did that on Saturday, it, at least to me, it was it was really kind of moving to know that yeah, you don't know what's happening behind that door. You don't know the yeah. challenges that a person may be facing. And they just step out and they see this this door hanger that informs them this morning, somebody was walking down their st- street praying. Um, again, my, my heart was blessed just to, to be a part of that. And I was excited to see uh, 43 people uh, walk the streets, just asking for God to, to extend his love.
0: Yeah, I know that's an encouraging thing. And we even had some people that couldn't make it Saturday that still wanted to go out, and they picked up some things this week and wanted to still go and take a route and um, deliver some door hangers
1: and let people and we, know that we prayed for them. we hope to them. maybe do this again in the fall. And I announced Sunday in our service, uh, it would be exciting if we could mobilize 60. I mean, yeah. let's let's just begin to to carry the peace and the love of the Lord that God's directing toward our lives beyond our walls and allow God to work with us through that.
0: Yeah. Encouraging things. We also had our students went on uh, our guys, went on a guys retreat Friday and Saturday. And then our student uh, ladies had a ladies retreat, a girls retreat Saturday here at the church. And we I heard did. they had a great turnout for that and had a good time. Um, and and then they had Sunday, a culminating event Sunday yeah. night.
1: Uh, oh, what was it called? Uh, the the uh, escape room, escape room yeah, experience.
0: Uh, the TBM come and do yeah, a, a Texas missional Baptist escape The Baptist room. Ministries
1: uh, came and set it up and uh, got to present the the message of Jesus to the students that were participating. I think they had 31 attending, which was a thrilling number number. uh, as we try to re-engage our student ministry. And two of those attending responded to to Jesus in faith. They they realized that Jesus uh, could forgive their sin and could provide for them the assurance of life. And so uh, then and there, Sunday night, they they turned their hearts to Jesus, which I mean, it's exciting. How could the day have ended any better? Yeah, that's a great that's a
0: great way to end a Sunday. Yeah, for sure. We've also got uh, coming up in two weeks, two weeks from yesterday.
1: Yeah, that's hard to believe. Vacation Bible School. Uh, it's
0: right here. It's right around the corner.
1: Our early prayer goal for Bible school, at least Sally, as she was making early preparation, was saying, "Oh Lord, could we have a hundred children come? You know, because of COVID, you you never know." what the participation level might be and i think the latest numbers put us well over pre-enrollment over 120 uh, it may be higher than that i yeah, haven't heard i think heard so from Sally. i think it's
0: higher than that that's um, amazing but we're <laughs> i know we needed volunteers there for a little while we had more kids than we did uh, volunteers. But uh, I know Sally's been praying. She needed 10 more. We've been praying specifically for 10 and I more. And that's happened too. Yeah, we uh, announced nine on Sunday. She needed nine more on Sunday. Um, but I think she's reached her goal of volunteers too. She shared with us this morning that she thought they were at a workable goal with volunteers. So kudos to you if you're one of the ones I mean, serving for if VBS. If you look at
1: the life of a ministry in terms of, of of what God is doing, right now we're we're just seeing so many positive things happen Uh, that uh, it just reassures my heart that God, even with the challenges coming out of the pandemic and the challenges of life in general, that the Lord, uh, if given an opportunity, will work through uh, his church and his people. And we're seeing that happen. I'm anticipating VBS is going to be a just extraordinary week, and uh, it will be a fun podcast. Uh, You might Think in terms of bringing Sally back to, to the podcast table for uh, just a report following our, our week of VBS.
0: Yeah, definitely. So we wanted to touch on the Sunday sermon just mm-hmm. briefly here. Sure. Um, so, y- you know, you talked about the apostles being sent out, being sent off on Sunday. And do you think uh, we touched briefly just on fear and the, the nervousness, the anxiety that comes along with that? Do you think the apostles were nervous? Do you think they were afraid when being sent off? And I know this is a, a just yeah. a pointed question here. No, but and I
1: think it's a relevant question. And again, if you were not able to be with us on Sunday, I, as I do every week, I point you to our website at nofortworth.com. Uh, because on Sunday, we centered in on what I think is a new phase in Jesus' mission. Um, uh, For the first six chapters, Jesus has been preaching. He's been drawing disciples unto him. He's selected the 12 apostles. But you get to the middle of chapter 6, he then mobilizes the 12 out. And and that's noteworthy. Uh, That isn't just something that he thought, oh, I think it might be a good idea to kind of send them out to do a little something. No, if you go back, when he pulled the 12 around him in chapter 3, he indicated he did that so that one, they could be with him, and that two, he could then send them out to preach. And, and so when you finally come to chapter 6, it's like his vision is, is, is being realized as he realized, as he positioned the disciples to go out and extend his message uh, in a way that would broaden the influence of of what he was doing. And so your question, I think, is relevant (laughs) because, yes, they've been with him for a year. They've been watching him. They've been learning. But for the first time, he sent them out without him. And uh, I can't help but think that they were nervous. I think some of them probably were actually fearful uh, because they're moving towards something that they've never done before Uh, now jesus told them i'm going to give you the authority even to be able to overcome the spiritual darkness that may oppose you but it i mean they've never done that before so i think you can be pretty sure even though they're obeying what jesus was asking them to do so those early steps they probably were fearful steps
0: yeah can you talk to us about a time of fear in your life? Maybe a, a time where you can relate to the disciples. Maybe, maybe not so much being sent off <laughs> without the Lord for the first time, but something relatable, any way you can think oh, of. Oh, I
1: mean, honestly, as I look at my life as a minister, as my life as a follower of Jesus, I'm constantly presented by uh, that nervousness and fear that appears when I'm looking at something that's different or new. Um, I mean, there are often occasions, even prior to a Sunday service, there's a nervousness looking at what's in front of us, and sure. I'm wanting to be uh, useful to the Lord in a way that might uh, communicate with those that participate. Uh, if you ever wonder, you know, does, do pastors get nervous, or uh, in your case, worship leaders get nervous? I, I think there, as we move towards something that is yet undefined or unfulfilled, there there is... An accompanying emotion that will come with that, but I think whenever you 're moving to some towards something that you 've never done before hmm. um, there's just a recognizable fear of the unknown. Um, I think uh, you, you ask for an example. I remember my first trip to India uh, as we began to travel there uh, to enter into partnership and mission with with some of the the leaders. Uh, national leaders in in India, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, there was there was real fear uh, in that early experience, and and part of it was a total unfamiliarity with the culture and knowing what to expect. Uh, a part of the fear was, you know, I've not done what I'm beginning to do before, and so I, I had nothing to to look back on and say, well, yeah, you you can do that. Well, I didn't know if I could do that. Yeah. Um, you you have no idea of of how people might react. I mean, if you look at the twelve as Jesus sent them out, part of their nervousness, no doubt, involved. Well, what if the people reject me? What if they don't want to hear what I have to say? Of course, Jesus did coach them there. Uh, they just shake the dust from the sandals and move on. But nevertheless, the the fear of rejection that's a strong emotion. Uh, yeah. That's In some cases, that's even a paralyzing emotion. I think some people uh, don't even take the initial step because they don't want to risk the possibility of being rejected or the disappointment that would come from that. So um, I remember in India, my heart would frequently tremble. And yet, hear me say this, that's not an indication that you lack faith. That's just an indication of your own humanity. I, I think the heart just gets uh, fearful. You, you have an emotional reaction to the unknown. Faith becomes present as you move through the emotion. And, and that's what I would do in India. That's what I do uh, in the U.S. When I'm moving towards something that may cause a little bit of fear or anxiety, I, I don't allow the emotion to, to cause me to stop. I uh, want to move through the fear. I acknowledge the fear, but I want to move toward faith. I want the Lord to, to, to work through me uh, amid that emotion. And going back to the 12, I, I can't help but imagine that's exactly what they were experiencing. And then they discovered uh, the sufficiency of Jesus. But I mean, what about you, Josh? Have you <laughs> Looking back over some of your early ministry experiences, has there been a oh fearful moment in in specific? Uh
0: yeah every sunday is pretty fearful Isn't i'm not it, gonna uh,
1: lie i mean people don't understand that i don't think yeah, but uh it the, really is
0: i have quite a bit of social anxiety and it's so funny because you know when i was younger um you know like early teenage years i was very much a um not a class clown but just like very much a jokester just loved to I was jovial about everything and loved to, to, to have fun and to laugh and to be kind of the center of attention. And that really shifted, I think, um, my later years in high school. And I kind of shifted away from that. And, um, especially when I got into college and experienced just a newness of things for the first time, something somewhere I'd never been before, you know, on my own living on my own for the first time. And, um, I really began to develop this sort of, um, introversion in my life. And, uh, not that that's a bad thing at all. That's a great thing. And I'm, I'm proud to, to be an introvert, but to do a podcast, even there's nobody in here except you and I, but even to do a podcast, it's, it's, it's pretty nerve wracking sometimes to think, Oh my gosh, people are going to, people are going to hear my voice. Or the great example is the bumper video that we've been showing the Mark bumper video. That's my voice. That's in that video. Which is a
1: wonderful Video
0: design. I'm glad you liked the video, but that was excruciating for me to go through that process because I knew that it would be seen and it would be heard. And I so desire to not be the center of attention and I want to be behind the scenes doing things. So there's this fear of... I wouldn't call it rejection on my part. I would, this fear of in, uh, inferiority, I think when it comes to, uh, you know, my adequacy and mm-hmm. how, what God deserves uh, when it comes to worship. And so being a, a worship pastor is, um, I experience a lot of fear with that because I want to do justice to what God is and who he is and what he stands for and the, the glory that he deserves. And there's nothing I can ever offer that comes close to that. And so I think that, sort of resonates in my mind every time that I go out onto a platform and I think, wow, I have, I have nothing to offer that God is worthy of. <laughs> and, and I have to remind myself that, uh, my worship is not what I make it. My worship is what God makes it. Um, and so that kind of calms that fear and, and that again, anxiety the, the, in me.
1: Just hear us as we're sharing openly with you this afternoon, that, uh, this is actually normal. And yeah. that as, as we, uh, relate to Jesus and try to to be available to Jesus that that doesn't mean that as you move toward an unknown that you're not going to have moments of self doubt or moments of of anxiety or fear um, instead what you want to do is realize moving toward that uncertain experience that new calling so to speak um, you're placing your faith in the one who's leading you, that's directing you. Yeah. And, and again, it, it doesn't cause uh, the tremble to just stop, but it does enable you to move through it. And again, I, I, going back to the 12, I, I'm sure as they had some early successes, they shared in the joy of that. Um, I'm sure those that encountered perhaps a village that rejected them, uh, it must have been harder moving to the next village. No doubt. Uh, but they kept moving and they kept uh, trusting the Lord and allowing the Lord to, uh, to to enable them to do some things that they wouldn't have just attempted on their own. And so as you're listening today, know that the Lord wants to work through you. Um, as I mentioned on Sunday, I think the 12 provide kind of a model for us. Uh, Jesus draws us unto himself so that he can move us out and send us out in ways that can extend his message and that we're not necessarily going to be doing exactly the things that the 12 did, but do see the the picture of it, uh, we come under the Lord so that he could direct us out in ways that would extend his love. And, uh, now if all you do is come under the Lord and it doesn't move you out in at any point, then, Something's wrong with that scenario yeah. because the heartbeat of the one that we're drawing near to is always going to be to, to try to move us uh, towards someone in a way that would extend uh, hope and peace and love in a way that Jesus would communicate. So uh, don't allow fear to, to halt the progression. Uh, let's, let's move through our fear and, and place our faith in the one who's, who's calling us
0: out speaking on extending hope and peace and love we really last week we talked about an interesting topic about um, inclusion in our church and specifically regarding those of uh, the lgbtq movement and um, was kind of a difficult topic i think to talk about and one that's uncomfortable for a lot of people to hear but i think pastor stephen you did a great job answering that question last week and it brought up another question for this week that we had submitted to us and um, when speaking with people as uh, part of the LGBTQ movement or trans movement, should we use their preferred pronouns and names, or is this affirming a false reality? And uh, I know this is... If I can just break down, I know this question is very abstract and a lot of people may not have um, a good grasp, on. and this is a confusing topic, one that's broad. It can very much be in our day. It's a slippery slope that we want to get down. So when we say pronouns, we mean, if you would refer to me, I identify as a male, that is my uh, gender identity, and I would go by that pronoun he and him. Um, You wouldn't call me she or her or they or them, but there are lots of people that are claiming those different pronouns based on their gender identity. So what, what do you think about pronouns and preferred names?
1: Yeah, you, know, you and I were visiting about the question a little bit before the podcast, and it it's certainly a, a relevant question in Definitely. 2021. And uh, I think the whole discussion surrounding gender identity has been somewhat a, a polarizing discussion in some circles where people kind of a move toward positions and and sides, and we're pointing fingers, and and we're oftentimes speaking in a more accusatory ways than trying to find uh, some some wisdom and knowing how to move forward. Yeah, um,
0: and it's hard to find educating media that's
1: not biased on oh, this indeed. too. Oh, indeed. I mean, uh, I, we, we want to warn you in that outside regard. the walls of the church uh, to to adopt a, a biblical morality, as we talked about last week, to embrace the creator's wisdom and how we view life and understand our identity, or even our gender identity, uh, to, to adopt that and to embrace that as Christ's followers and to take it outside our walls uh, is frequently going to result in some offensive encounters where people are going to be uh, offended by what we say or what we do. So all of that said, well, what if um, I'm relating to a colleague at work or a classmate at school, and that person uh, begins to ask me to relate to them according to a specific pronoun based upon how they see themselves, Uh, how should I respond as a Christ follower? As I mentioned to you before, Josh, my perspective is as a follower of Jesus, I think first and foremost, I want to interact with those outside of faith with a kindness and love that can be disarming. That, um, that they realize that my desire as a Jesus follower is to try to relate to them with respect and and to treat them with honor. Uh, even though I may not uh, view what they're presently doing as, as uh, consistent with, with God's wisdom, I still need to interact with them in a way that honors Christ. And I think it's Jesus who taught his disciples that really the marking distinctive about who we are is how we love, and how we love one another, sure. how we love our enemies. I mean, that's what really reflects Jesus' influence in us. And so if somebody says to me, would you, would you refer to me by this name and by these pronouns, and, and they're outside uh, the faith, I, I would certainly relate to them based on that, because I want to have an opportunity to be a source of light, uh, and truth into their life. And and uh, and so to approach them in a way that would, uh, would communicate love to them I think gives me that opportunity in the future. Now, I think a relevant consideration though at that point is, well, what about someone within the body of Christ, within the church, our local expression of faith, that uh, begins to say, I want you to refer to me in these terms now, well, see that's a different scenario, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I think so. Uh, we're called as Christ's followers to hold each other spiritually accountable as we seek to follow Him, and and so if I see a, a brother or sister who's now become confused about their identity because of just how the culture portrays things as readily as it does, and then they begin to say to me, no, I want you to refer to me by these pronouns," well at that point, I'm going to begin to talk to them in love about, again, the Creator's wisdom. Uh, they've already confessed faith in Christ. Uh, and so uh, here, we're going to be talking about, okay, if if you're a Jesus follower, then we embrace what Jesus would teach about uh, our identity. And, and Jesus is the one that supports the Old Testament revelation of identity in terms of sexuality and gender and marriage. And, and so um, you need to reconsider what you're, what you're moving toward. And I would seek to convey that in love. I, I would likely, I'm gonna be honest, still refer to them by their biological pronouns because I want them to see themselves at that point as God has made right. them to be. And I want them to, to hear that. Now, I'm not gonna do that in a sarcastic way or uh, I don't wanna present myself as uh, um, uncaring or harsh. But uh, within the body of Christ, there needs to be that, that personal encouragement that brings those that know Christ that maybe have begun to be a little confused back to a point of understanding. Now, if you're listening to this, you said, Well, that just sounds like you've created kind of conflicting ideas. And I don't think so at all. Not I, at all, yeah. I think uh, as I'm relating to someone in the dark, what I want to do is bring the light of Jesus into that setting. And, uh, And if I come into that situation and I appear to be rejecting them before I even have an opportunity to to develop a relationship with them where they can consider the truth in Jesus, then then I've lost that opportunity.
0: Yeah, there is no relationship. No, no, there is
1: no. I mean, if, if they feel like I won't respect them enough to call them by the name and the pronouns that they would request, then why would they listen to me? Uh, and you say, well, but you're affirming them. No, I'm not validating their behavior. I'm coming into their world in a way that might communicate truth. I mean, when you look at Jesus' interaction with those that were confused in his day, and Jesus was condemned for associating with sinners. Um, Jesus never validated a behavior that was outside of the wisdom of God, but what he consistently displayed was a, a love and compassion that moved him toward people that were confused and struggling so that they might discover the truth of him, and then out of that, uh, find their way into a new way of life. I mean, this coming Wednesday, we're going to be looking uh, in our lesson on the 12 at the example of the apostle Matthew. I mean, he is, I think, the epitome of a person who had uh, become an outcast because of some moral choices and what did Jesus do i mean he came right up to him and related to him respectfully and then calls him to follow him and matthew levi also by another name was willing to leave his 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 vocation behind his his approach of life behind to follow jesus and and i, I guess in a personal way i would hope that god would work with me work with you and others to move to people that are trying to find meaning in their life. They're confused. Uh, certainly the, the world around us uh, totally uh, confounds us about what's the right way to do this or that. But if we could enter into their life in a way that reflects Christ's love and then introduces a uh, truth, then I think there's, there's potential. And um, I pray that God will, will, will make that more and more real. What a great answer. Thanks for your transparency on that. And uh, that's a um,
0: something that I'm still working through as well. And that's something I think we'll continue to work through as well, because it's an ever changing topic that uh, seems to get more broad each day. <laughs>
1: well, um, yeah, as I think I mentioned before the podcast, uh, with those outside the church, if I'm going to err in a particular area, I want to air toward compassion. <laughs> yeah. Not toward uh, uh Judgment. Now, please hear me state this clearly. We're called to walk the path of grace and truth. Uh, it doesn't help an unbelieving world for us to be accommodating with compassion, and we never introduce the truth. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but at the we same also, time, it doesn't help to, to come into a confused world railing at them, yeah. uh, condemning them, you know, waving our oversized family Bible in their face, Uh, and then wonder why they don't want to listen to what we have to say about Jesus as the Savior. Can't be surprised when lost people act like lost people. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, so I I think what we want to find with God's help, and I think you do that from your knees, you start the day, you're asking the Lord to give you insight and wisdom as you interact with people on a daily basis, but you're you're moving into their world in a way that uh, you can convey truth, but you reflect compassion and love. And, and I think God can help us discover the, that balance. Um, it's it's not a simple formula. It's, I think, a, a daily prompting and guidance that the Lord supplies, but um, uh, thank you for the question who submitted it. Uh, we're, we're praying that the Lord help us to find the wisdom of, of the Creator, both in our morality and in how we engage a world that's confused. Definitely.
0: Well, you mentioned Matthew a minute ago, and uh, are you speaking on Matthew tomorrow? That's tomorrow night, 6.30. Tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m., Wednesday night Bible study in the worship center. That'll be on Facebook Live, it'll be live in person, it'll be on YouTube. Even
1: if you've not seen any of the earlier lessons, I I think the testimony of Matthew is profoundly relevant to every one of us. Uh, He's the poster child of the rebel, And Jesus changed his life for the good. Yeah, we're excited about things we have going on this week. Tomorrow,
0: we got camp coming up, youth camp coming up next week. I yes, know we students are excited and about that. And you'll be
1: away for that, so we'll not be doing a podcast, the we?
0: No podcast next week. I may try to do something from camp. I may meet up with Mark or something for 20 or 30 minutes at that camp. That would be if, exciting. Yeah, we may do a podcast from camp. That would be fun. Um, but uh, we've got student camp next week, VBS the week after that, Wednesday night Bible study tomorrow the 14th. We've also got student and children's activities going on at 630 as well. You don't want to miss that. Is there a women's Bible study tomorrow? I think I think there's still two final weeks
1: of the ladies bible study so yes they'll be gathering here too
0: very nice we've got lots of things going on we hope to see you there Um, be sure to check out all of our online activities as well you can join most of what we do in the worship center online as well Um, but we hope to see you this sunday nine nine o'clock and 11 a.m for traditional and contemporary worship gatherings but church we're praying for you we hope that this week um, has been profitable for you Um, and we just ask that you to seek opportunities to love people unconditionally this week